said, I am sitting on the corporate hall here in the hospital. I've got my door open. She said, these women are walking down the hall and they're saying, good morning, gorgeous. Good morning, gorgeous. Good morning, gorgeous. She said, girl, you don't understand. These bitches hate each other. Hey, my friend, welcome to the Functioning Hot Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Murray, life coach and author, and I believe that life is too short to be miserable. I learned that lesson a long time ago, and so each week I'll bring you a new episode to help you learn to trust yourself, choose joy, and feel peace. Thank you so much for being here and spending this time with me to work on you. Do me a favor and hit subscribe so I can be in your downloads each and every week. For now, let's get on with the show. So let me just tell you, this episode is truly a treat. I had the opportunity of speaking with the one and only Dale Smith Thomas. She's a top-rated international professional speaker and author who travels the world sharing a message of hope and empowerment. Through her direct and powerful messages, Dale has inspired thousands of audiences around the world to take 100% responsibility for the results they are creating in their lives. And guys, you know me, that speaks so near and dear to my heart. I love that about her. She's the author of Good Morning Gorgeous, which by the way, is a great book for it's an empowerment book for women. And she's also called The Hope Doctor. I hope you love this interview as much as I did and truly find the value of her words. So without further ado, let's jump in. Okay, Dale, let's get on with the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad to have you as a guest on the Functioning Hot Mess podcast. This is so exciting. So since you're here, tell our listeners a little bit about you. Let them get to know Dale. Okay. First of all, Tanya, I just love being on the Functioning Hot Mess. I just think it's the greatest thing ever. So congratulations to you and thank you for inviting me. And hello from Nashville, Tennessee. I am actually based here in beautiful Music City just outside of Nashville. I, For your listeners, I'm an international motivational speaker and an author. I was actually born and raised in a little tiny map dot town in North Mississippi, 10 miles out in the country on a farm. And I didn't grow up believing in dreams that much or that I would go on to do anything like I'm doing now. But it was because of the life principles that I learned, not only through some mentors in my life, but also the books that I started reading and the things that I started listening to that truly began to change my life. And then I started speaking in my early 30s uh, after winning a uh, state event. We might talk about that later because it's kind of interesting. And now, uh, even though I was a little girl on a dirt road out in North Mississippi for so long who never dared to dream, I am sharing this message of empowerment around the world. I consider it not just my career, but my calling. So thank you for having me today. Thank you for being here. And I love your calling because you have really a movement. It's, it's, it's more than a, you have a book, but you have more than a book. You have a, a movement. Tell us about your Good Morning Gorgeous movement. Yes. Good Morning Gorgeous is my latest book that came out a couple of years ago. And I will actually even tell you how that title started. I do a lot of speaking in corporate America. I do also a lot of speaking for specifically women. And what I'd noticed through the years, and because I'm a girl that grew up with a low self-esteem, I had an eating disorder in my early 20s, and I've struggled with so many self-esteem issues through the years. And so I was actually talking to an audience, I don't even remember now, Arkansas, Texas, somewhere, and I just simply asked all of the women in the audience, how many of you started your day on a positive note? How many of you got up and said, good morning, gorgeous? And of course, they all look at each other and at me like I've lost my mind. And there was two men in the back of the room and they both raised their hands. And I'm like, y'all need to take a look at this. The men are always the ones with the best Mm self-esteem and they're raising their hands. And I said, no. And the women looked in the mirror and went, oh, good Lord, what happened? And so honestly, off the cuff, off the top of my head, I said, okay, we're going to start this movement today. Not only are you going to get up and say to yourself in the morning, good morning, gorgeous, because there's something gorgeous in every one of you. And it starts with your spirit 
and it radiates out to your face and it's not what your mirror is showing it back to you. It's what your soul is showing you. And then I challenged them to share that with five people the next day. Make a call, send a text, pick up the phone, do something, but say good morning, gorgeous to five people. And I usually don't get a chance to tell this, but it was so funny. Um, This was a hospital event, a community event for the hospital. And the next day after I was back in Nashville, I get a hot call from the physician's recruiter. And she was this beautiful girl that I'd really connected with. And she's whispering. She says, Dale. I'm like, Sabrina, she's like, the spirit of Dale is in our hospital today. I said, girl, what are you talking about? She said, I am sitting on the corporate hall here in the hospital. I've got my door open. She said, these women are walking down the hall and they're saying, good morning, gorgeous. Good morning, gorgeous. Good morning, gorgeous. She said, girl, you don't understand. These bitches hate each other. And I lost it. I fell out of my chair. And I said, well, at least for today, they are following through with their commitment to me yesterday for the Good Morning Gorgeous movement. And, you know, it's just kind of caught on. And I've got people with uh, companies that will reach out to me years later and say, you know, we're still saying Good Morning Gorgeous. And if it's a mixed audience, I'll get them to say Good Morning Champion. But just something because what I under what I understood because of my own life and what if we all think about it for years, uh, you know, when we were in elementary school, they were always telling us that breakfast was the most important meal of the day. It's how we started our physical foundation. And what I wanted people to understand is that our mental foundation is equally as important. Mm-hmm. And if we're starting our days negative And especially as we've gone through this pandemic, it's so easy to get caught up in the negativity cycle with all the news and negative is normal. So Mm -hmm. what I wanted people to grasp is that if you would take a few minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, for me, I have an hour of power in the morning to set that platform of positivity, of optimism and use it as a strategy, not just as this airy-fairy, unaffected thing, but optimism as a strategy. And so that's how Good Morning Gorgeous and the movement started. And we still hear from people, like I said, all the time. And I just love the way it's rippling out because what I teach is, you know, I grew up on that farm and I understood that if you drop a rock in that pond, it ripples out. Mm-hmm. And so we get to control the rock we drop. But so many times we're dropping this negativity and it ripples out to people. So we've got to pay attention, get in the moment. It starts with ourselves, and then ripple it out. It does. And I love that because, you know, the story was funny about these bitches hate each other. But what I'm thinking about is, you know, there was um, just even in my line of work, there's a used to be an office that I wouldn't even set foot in because we called the girls that worked there the vultures because you knew that, you know, you felt the energy when you walked in. That oh, yeah. It was, it wasn't Critical. just, me. it was the, yeah. And it was the way they interacted with each other and what they mm-hmm. said behind each other's backs. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times as women, we get stuck in that super hypercritical of other women. And that is so detrimental to all of us. We don't need it. It's not helpful. It doesn't do anything good. And so I love how just changing it up and starting your day with good morning, gorgeous mm-hmm. has the potential to completely change that, that energy, that interaction in an office. And I, and right. And I believe, and I believe if we polled, if they were, would ever allow us to poll them, the people that are being so critical of each other, if we did a little deeper dive, they're also very critical of themselves Mm -hmm. and that is rippling out. And as we all know, you see someone else that is tearing someone down. It's usually because they don't feel so good about themselves, mm-hmm. themselves. And they feel like if they bring that person down to this level, that it somehow elevates them. And, you know, I went through a, um, and 
I'll share this and some of the audience may go, oh, really? You know, <laughs> hey, here's your opportunity to be critical. Let me put it out there. Let me let me just start with that. Here's your opportunity. Um, I competed uh, at a beauty pageant in my late 20s. I actually started in my early 20s and never could win. But, you know, I was I was looking, I'm sure, for validation. I, yeah, there's a smart place to do that. And um, so... I was in my late 20s. I was married and had a child, but I first started competing because I was looking for a way to build my personal self-esteem. I was looking a way to push myself outside of my comfort zone. And then the more that I realized that I stepped into that, I started sharing with the women that were competing with me. And the first year I competed, there were over 50 women in the state pageant, which is bigger than the national. And it took me three years to win, but I actually won in 1990 and you would not, my son was four um, and you would not believe the criticism that I took for pursuing that goal. You know, how can you do that? Why do you want to be a beauty queen? You're 30 years old. You've got a four-year-old, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But because I was brave enough to step into that, and to follow it through, no, I did not win the big sparkly hat. I did not win the national. I thought that was my path to becoming a speaker and that I had to win the national to be a, a national speaker. But in that moment, when a set of judges decided I wasn't even deserving to be in the top 10, I had a moment of clarity and a moment of choice. I can let someone's opinion of me either defeat me or define me. Mm-hmm. So if you are listening to me right now, and I don't care if it was a panel of judges like I was facing or other people in your circle, your their opinion of you can either defeat you or define you. And my second word of word to all of you, another thing I have had to learn over and over and over and over again, if that person that is being critical of you is not living the life that you want to live, if they are not displaying all the qualities that you want in your life, why are you listening to them? Yes. I love that because when we look back at our past, there's usually someone in there that made us feel small, that made us, absolutely. you know, there's, you can attach it to one person or 20 mm-hmm. people or however many, mm-hmm. but when you really start to look at it, you think, and that's something I also teach is, are they credible? Like, would you want them raising your children? Probably right. not, but yet right. we give them all that power. Yes. And that there's the key right there. Uh, and because what I realized, no one could make me feel small. I had to choose that. No mm-hmm. one could make me feel angry. I had to choose that. And when we stand in that place of 100% responsibility of our choices, that brings all of our power back. Because if we think if this person has the power to do that or say that and change us, then it's hard to move forward because we feel powerless. Mm -hmm. So just like you said, if they're not credible, if they're not living the life that you want to live, then why does their opinion matter that much? And if you're stepping out there to follow a dream, like, like you have done, Tanya, like I am doing and still continuing to do, if you're out there and you have a dream in your soul and someone else is criticizing that, you've got to step back from that. That's a dream stealer, but nobody can steal your dream. Only you can give it up. Mm-hmm. I love that. Now, one thing that you just said totally rang my bell because I love this so much, but you said take 100% responsibility. Yes. I am in love with that concept. Tell me more about that. Well, the name of my company is called Winners by Choice. Um, I grew up in in an environment in Mississippi uh, that, you know, we didn't have any money. We were, by the world standards, poor. We didn't, I didn't know we were poor because of where we grew up. But there were so many circumstances in my life that I could have let those physical circumstances define my life if I didn't take 100% responsibility for it. Um, you know, because we've traded messages, but, but my father passed away two weeks ago 
And when, you know, it was not really, we didn't talk about me going to college. My daddy had not been to high school, my sweet mother. And if she ever figured out how to work her iPad, she could hear this. But my sweet mother had a vision of success for me. And that was to get one of those boys down there to marry me, which none of them agreed to do. (laughs) None of them agreed to do. And so here I was graduated from high school without a husband or a prospect. And I'm like, what am I going to do now? And I decided to be the first person in my family to go to college, even though we did not, we knew we were not financially capable of making that happen. But I had decided that that's what I wanted to do. So um, after I made that decision, an elderly couple in my community had passed away. They didn't have any children. They left all the timber rights on their property as a scholarship fund. And for the first time ever, that scholarship fund went into effect. Um, And um, I got to go to college for free. That one couple's decision now has put $100 million in education. Wow. But I had to take responsibility for making the next step. And that's what we all have to do. And so I started doing that. My piano teacher, when I was in my teens, in my teens, my parents had put me in piano lessons trying to help me have a self-esteem because I was so shy and insecure. She was crippled in a car accident and was told she would never walk again at age 11. She not only learned to walk again, she was the one that was preaching to me this power of your language, of taking responsibility for where you are. She was like, I can't really do a lot like activities like basketball or cheerleading, but I can focus on my music. And that was what I started to watch. And she started telling me that she believed if she continued to have faith and a a big faith in God and that something would miraculously happen. And it did. She was miraculously healed. And five years later, she walked the runway as Miss America. Wow. So that's what I was watching. I saw this young woman who, by the world's standards, did not have a choice. She'd been crippled in this accident, but she could choose to focus on what she could control, which was her music and her attitude. And you know what? Sometimes the only thing that any of us can change in this 100% responsibility realm is our minds Mm -hmm. and our attitude. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we always have a choice. And I know that a lot of times it feels like we're stuck and we don't. And, you know, one of the gals I work with, I love the way she phrases it. She says, they may not always be good choices, but you always have choices. Yeah. And I'll say it a little bit different. I'll say it in another <laughs> way. Sometimes you have two choices and they both suck. I mean, yeah. let's just say, you yeah. know, sometimes you have two choices and they both suck. You know, uh, when I, when I made the decision, when I made the decision to, um, to get out of my first marriage, you know, I had two decisions to be single, a single mom with a barely hanging on, starting a new career with a child, or I could stay in a relationship that was unhealthy. Mm -hmm. You know, neither one of those choices are good choices Mm -hmm. and, or didn't feel good. But here's what I say to that. When you either with those choices, every choice in life gives you the opportunity to either just go through it or grow through it. Mm-hmm. And if you choose to grow through it, that one decision, even though it's not fun, even though it's not easy, even though it's uncomfortable, will take you to the next place. And we can all relate that if we're working out and changing changing our bodies in any way, if you go to the gym and you're trying something new and you're expanding, you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Growth is uncomfortable. We've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I've heard other people say the phrase, embrace the suck. Embrace the suck. I like that. <laughs> I do too. Embrace the suck. There is so much of what we go through that just sucks and you have to, you have to go through it. Well, and we talked about this before we came on the air that I've mm-hmm. lost all the, I'm, I'm a speaker. I'm a keynote speaker. I am in corporations and companies around the world Uh, on a stage from a small group of a hundred to, I think my biggest audience was 15,000. And so that's, that's where I live. I live on a stage. And when, when the virus hit, y'all, my life went to zero like Mm -hmm. that. And Mm -hmm. it sucked. (laughs) Yeah. 
it sucked and it still sucks. Mm -hmm. But just because I can't do, uh, fulfill this calling the way that I, and it will come back and I'll be back out there again. But what I realized with my, and I was whiny, I'll admit I was whiny. I was teary eyed. I was whiny. I'm like, what is this? And then it was like God in the universe just spoke to me and said, this is your calling. Just find a new way to do it. The message needs to be delivered in whatever form. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the titles that I have out on the road and especially in healthcare, and I will, I'll be very vulnerable with you. Um, First of all, I have a physical education degree from Mississippi State. I will be clear. I was shopping for a husband. Okay. (laughs) I will be clear. I thought all the cute boys were in the PE department. I have zero business in the PE department. And uh, so that qualification doesn't really make me really qualified to be out there speaking in healthcare. But um so I really kind of struggled when I, when my message, uh, my choices create champions message started rolling into the healthcare organizations. And, and so I get a letter uh, or an email from a woman because I think I'd shared a little bit of that uncomfortableness from the platform. And she said, your name should read Dale Smith Thomas, PhD, the hope doctor. Ooh, I love that. And I believe that hope is helping other people excel. And so that's why I consider myself the hope doctor, because my calling is to help other people excel. And I, along with the Good Morning Gorgeous uh, tribe and movement, we are also creating hope dealers out there that we all band together to help other people excel. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're also a hope dealer. I love that. I I love the idea of the hope dealers. And what I'm hearing kind of as a general theme is, um, you know, putting it out there and starting this movement, whether we tell people good morning, gorgeous, and we're dealing like it's, it's not just an individual thing. It's a community. It's push it out there. And the ripple effect theme keeps showing up with all these. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know what? You can be a hope dealer by just saying thank you to the person in the grocery store that Mm -hmm. is now out there on the front line. We can be hope dealers by, you know, just calling that person. And I, um, I started the, during all of this, I started the hope doctors Instagram, um, account because I wanted to give people challenges to deal hope during this time. And so every single day, if you woke up in that morning space where you're saying good morning, gorgeous to yourself, and just kind of intentionally say, where am I going to deal some hope today? I think that our lives will completely change. I really do. I think so too. And I think there's a lot of ways that we can get creative. And when we, when we use that creativity, we I think everything that's creative is good. And the more we use it, the more positivity that comes out with that. And, you know, if you think about your day on a typical day and we're going through the motions, we're going through our routine, how many people are we actually interacting with? We go to the gas station, we go inside, we see an attendant, we go through a drive-through at a fast food place. We see other, you know, there's so many times where even with social distancing, we're still physically seeing people, even if it's through Mm -hmm. a mask and to just smile and nod and acknowledge. And, you know, there is so much that you can do to completely change someone else's day by simply smiling. Right. And I think the first thing that we have to do, and when I step on a stage, this is the first thing I ask of an audience and they always look at me kind of funny and, and I make it funny, but I say, the first thing I need you to do is I need you to be here. Mm-hmm. I need you to be here, mm-hmm. like in this room, like right here, right now. And they will laugh that something like, yeah, but we are here. I'm like, no, most of you are not. And mm-hmm. especially if you're a woman, you've already left work. You've gone to the grocery store, you've made dinner and you've got the kids in bed and you're still sitting in this room mm-hmm. because we are or we're in yesterday where somebody said something that hurt our feelings or something happened that frustrated us. We are usually so far behind or so far ahead that we're missing that moment that we're in. And the point of power is always in the present moment. So the first thing in order to make that difference in somebody else's life is to be intentional about it and say, 
be here right now. And I always ask an audience, how many of you drove to work and you don't remember getting there? Almost every hand in the room goes up because Mm -hmm. we're on automatic pilot. Mm -hmm. And when, when you ask someone, Hey, how are you today? Most people have an automatic response. It's kind of their habit. It's just the word they always use and they don't even think about it. Oh, I'm fine. Or I'm okay. You know, what if just tomorrow you just said, I'm extraordinary. You know what's going to happen? People are going to go, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you say you're tired or exhausted, nobody usually asks you anyway. Right. But we have got to get creative about raising our energy level. You know, just, you know, being home all the time now, just, just interacting with you, even though I can't see you, you're in Utah, I'm in Tennessee, but the energy level that we have created just interacting with each other is different. And Mm -hmm. so we've got to all be responsible for that energy. And my friends, if you are listening to me right now, your energy is like the weather and you bring the weather with you when you walk in the room. Mm -hmm. Are you 80 degrees and sunny? Are you cloudy with a chance of rain? Mm -hmm. Are you a full-blown hurricane? Yes. You get to choose. What are you bringing into the room? And so I just challenge you, be in that moment and make the most. And now more than ever, we have seen through this pandemic, some of the things that we have so taken for granted, you and I were talking about hugging, but things that we have so taken for granted, just face to face with each other, meeting somebody at Starbucks, having dinner with someone that I believe if we will be intentional, when we truly get through the other side of this, and we will, that we will come out changed for the better. You know, I agree. And I feel like this pandemic and all the things that have, you know, occurred as a result has been an awesome opportunity for us to get out of autopilot. And I think, yeah, because, you know, just like what you said, we were on autopilot. It was, how did you get to work? We've done all these things without even really acknowledging or even noticing what we're doing. And the danger of that is down the road, you're going to wake up and go, what did I do with my life? You know, I I raised my children, but do I even remember any of it? Do they remember any of it? Was any of it of value to anybody? And if we're going through the motions and we're on autopilot, the answer is going to be no. And that is when we're filled with regret and loss and sadness. And this time is a perfect time for us to get out of autopilot and start, like you said, being intentional about everything we're doing. Right. And I think, and uh, one of the things that I, I don't even remember where I shared it recently, it's our, it's our time to create some positive habits that we can take into this, this new space that we're moving into. And now is the time to double down on the things that build us and strengthen us. And during this time, you know, so many people have been so fearful and so many times rightfully so, but fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. Mm. And one of the things that, that I have seen, especially, yes, we all know um, about this virus and how contagious it is, and, and we know what we need to do to stay safe, but how are we protecting ourselves from the virus of the mind? the virus of fear, the virus of doubt, the virus of uncertainty. And I've faced it too. Mm-hmm. You know, when will my business come back? And and I believe sometimes when we get in this space of total uncertainty or really upset with the way when things have happened, I believe sometimes we ask the wrong questions. Like, why did that person say that? Or why did that happen to me? Or why, why, why? Well, most of the times we can never, ever, ever find that answer that is putting energy where you are never going to get it back. You have to change your questions to what can I do right now? And right now you can change your mind. You can be intentional. You can be kind. You can reach out to someone else and check on them. And we just have to be in that moment and be intentional about this more positive approach. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I I think that gives you a lot of personal empowerment that brings the power back to yourself to be able to take responsibility and make the changes that you need to make. And even simply saying, I have given too much time and energy to that negative person, that hater, and they don't get it anymore. They don't get it anymore. That completely shifts you from like victim mode to 
now let's get some things done. And it shifts your energy. It does. And I always had a little, I always had a little phrase in my head. It was almost like my little, my little blessing for them. And I would say, I bless you with love. I release you and I let you go. Mm. I bless you with love. I release you and I let you go. Because you know what, what I learned so many years ago, and I just actually shared this with a friend over lunch and, and he reminded me that I'd shared it before and had gotten him through some situations. You know, you don't have to get in the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody's inviting you to in, into the ring where it's negative or all of those things, you don't have to get in the ring. Mm-hmm. You just don't have to go. Mm-hmm. And let let just let that go and focus on what you can do, which is being your personal best in that moment, for mm-hmm. sure. I love that. Now, I've heard you say a little bit about the words that we're telling ourselves, and it reminded me of one of the stories you had in your book about when you were, I think you were rooming with someone or you kind of had a partner in the pageant and you helped her with her self-talk. Oh, I did. And I love the story. Thank you so much for asking. (laughs) Hey, Cindy, if you're out there and you're hearing me, you know, I love you, girlfriend. (laughs) uh, Cindy and I had competed um, together a couple years before and Cindy just wanted to be in the top 10. And I was coming back the final year at Mrs. Tennessee as the second runner up. And so, of course, there's all the chatter that because I'm the second runner up that, you know, like there's an ascension to the crown. Believe me, there's not. (laughs) And, um, you know, so there's all this chatter and people looking around. And I remember people asking me all these questions. And but Cindy was just so upside down and she just wanted to be in the top 10. And so during our rehearsal, they told us if we made the top five this would be the question that we were asked on stage. And so, you know, figure out what your thoughts are. So we get back to our room after that rehearsal. And I said, hey, sit down. I'm going to help you with your answer. And she looked at me and she said, I'm not going to be in the top 10. I've never been in the top 10. Why do you think I'm going to be in the top 10? I told you I'm never going to be in the top 10. I'm like, (laughs) Cindy, let me tell you something. Whatever I got to do right now to help you change your mindset, to help you get into the top 10, it's about to happen. I started doing post-it notes all over our mirrors. I sat down with her. I helped her write her answer. I made her stand up and practice it with me over and over again. And she's still trying to mouth off to me and I wouldn't let her because I was just calling her back to herself because she was beautiful and she was so energetic and she was so awesome. And when the time came, um, they start calling out the top 10 and they called her like number six and that woman, the joy on her face, I just remember looking at her like, you did it. We just, you did it. And then they called me into the top 10. So then we're moving from 10 to five and those five that are going to be called has to answer their question. And the first person they called was my friend, Cindy. And I promise you, if you could have seen her face, it was like, (laughs) oh, dear Lord, oh, dear Lord, I have to talk now. And I remember mouthing to her, just breathe. Mm -hmm. And so I I think I was called number three. So we're both in the top five. And the MC asked her her question. And Tanya, she nailed it. I mean, nailed it. I'm thinking to myself, dang, I just wrote that a little bit too good. <laughs> I have just stood here and beat myself. And so, but I was so proud of her. And uh, we go through the rest of the top five and they start calling out the runners up and they call the fourth runner up, the third runner up and the second runner up. And there were two women left and it was me and Cindy. Wow. And we were both sobbing like babies. And, you know, for me, it did not matter who won that sparkly hat at that moment. I won the minute she hit the top 10. I won twice the minute she hit top five. And honestly, at that moment, for either of us, I can tell you for either of us, it did not matter. And she looked at me with tears rolling down my, her face and said, thank you for helping me believe in myself. Oh. And she said, I know this is your year. I know that it is going to be you. And I love you. Oh. And then she was first runner up and I was, I was the winner and we're still friends today. 
I love that. And having the honor of helping her see herself for how I saw her was one of the greatest gifts of my life. And I love that because I love the belief that others see what we miss a lot of yes. times, yes. Um, especially when it's positive. I don't trust the negative yeah. stuff, but the positive right. stuff and simple things, you know, you, the things that you worked on, the practice that you did, the preparation. Yes. yes it was, you know, you, you practiced, you put in the work, but post-it notes, that is so simple. Yeah. And yet it makes a difference. And I think a lot of times we, we think as we think that change and mindset shifts requires a lot of work and a lot of effort. And I'm like, get lipstick and write on your mirror. It's right. that simple. And I think, you know, a lot of what you just talked about, putting the post-it notes and practicing and saying positive, you know, words constantly in a short amount of time, you made a huge shift, the two of you. Absolutely. And you know what? And it was teaching me too, because I was still scared. Mm -hmm. And for any of our listeners out there right now, I actually have a postcard. We've given away tens of thousands of them and it's called Your Words Change Your World. And I started this years ago and we print them out and we give them away in the back of the room. We mail them to people. And here are the five words. One of the first one says, I am not angry because motion creates emotion. What you're talking about and attaching to your, attaching yourself to, you're feeling it. So when you tell yourself, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry, your body goes, okay, let's do that. Mm -hmm. And your body reacts to that. So if you, the next time you find yourself being so angry, just to get, change your emotional state, that's what I'm trying to get you to do. Just stop it. Just stop it. You just say, especially with your kids, Hey, I'm not angry with you, but I'm extremely disenchanted mm -hmm. and you cannot, you can't stay mad and be mm -hmm. disenchanted. Mm -hmm. And the next time you say, I'm so nervous. And this is what I said to Cindy. You're not er nervous. You're energized. You're not nervous. You're energized. You're not nervous. You're energized. Mm -hmm. The next one is not, I'm not stressed out. I'm blessed out. If you woke up today to have the opportunity to be alive on this planet, there's a reason to consider yourself blessed. Mm -hmm. And the next one is, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm just in demand. Because Ooh, if good. we're pushing ourselves to do more, do more, do more, do more, it's because we're trying to achieve something. But yet we complain about having too much to do. Mm -hmm. So you're not overwhelmed. You're just in demand. So get in demand. And I'm telling you, it's, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. And one other word to women and another thing I had to teach Cindy, and I teach women all over the world, learn to say thank you when someone gives you a compliment. Stop giving it back. Because so many times if somebody says, oh, your hair looks great. Oh, girl, man, I need a haircut. Look at my roots. It's so bad. You know, <laughs> we start, oh, this whole thing, I've had it 10 years, came down from Walmart. I mean, we will give every excuse in the book of why that compliment is not valid. Mm -hmm. And that person has just handed you a gift and you disrespect them by trying to give it back. Mm -hmm. You know what? That is what helped me because even though in the beginning, I still didn't feel worthy of the compliment. Once right. I realized how disrespectful it was to basically throw it back in their face, I didn't want to be disrespectful and rude to the person who gave it to me. So I started in a way, begrudgingly accepting it, yep. but it was more for their benefit than my own. But over time that changed. So even yes, though at first, Me too. yeah, Me too. exactly. So Me too. Even though at first I was trying to be more respectful to someone else rather than actually believing it over time, there was a shift. Right. And you know what? It does and it doesn't matter if you think they believe it or not, they gave it to you. Mm -hmm. And if you're really uncomfortable with it, say thank you and turn around and give them one back. Mm -hmm. Turn around and find one to give back. But I think we as women, we really, I don't see it with men as much. You know, I've never given my husband a compliment and him turn around and, you know, say, hey, you look great in that suit. He's never turned around and said, does it make my butt look big? <laughs> he has never once said that. He'll say, I'll say, you look good, baby. He'll go, I do, don't I? 
I mean, he does. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you give a compliment to a woman. So many times we have such a hard time accepting those things. And we have got to accept those gifts. And I consider them gifts. Accept the gift that has been given to you. Stop giving it back. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think sometimes that comes with the comparison that we do with other women because we're trying so hard to live up to someone else's ideals or their expectations or their body image or, or whatever. And when someone tells us, you know, gives us a compliment, we're comparing ourselves to the next person that we think is prettier or more smart or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that we do that. We are different. And when we, get in that state of comparison. And especially when we start comparing ourselves to men, it's okay to be a woman. We don't have to be the guy. (laughs) No, you need to celebrate it. Yes. And so, you know, we think, well, I'm not enough of this. And it's like, no, you are a hundred percent you. And that's what's awesome. I read a quote that said, comparison is a thief. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's a thief of your energy. It's a thief of your joy. It's the thief of being who you are. And that's why I think we have to dig down. And one of the reasons I wrote Good Morning Gorgeous, as you saw, more like a workbook where there's spaces to write things in, because we have to dig down and do the work to be proud of who we are, be proud of our uniqueness, be proud of our personal gifts and really celebrate those and be grateful for those and realize that the only person we need to be is a hundred percent who we are, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I had to live through that because I was the girl uh, you probably read in the book is that I was too tall, too skinny, all those things at all the wrong times. Mm-hmm. And I have, my name is Dale and that's, that was my sweet daddy's name, his middle name. And so I have been admitted to every, you know, every magazine I have comes to Mr. Dale Thomas. I was admitted <laughs> to college as a man. They were going to put me in the boys dorm. And I was like, yes, please. I was looking for that husband. Um, and even now, if I go to speak and they don't put my picture, I walk on stage and you see the absolute confusion across the audience. And I hated that as a child. Mm-hmm. And but as I grew into my own uniqueness, something as unusual as my name, you know, now I love it because it's so different. And all the things I hated as a child, I had really, really wavy hair when everybody had straight hair. I was too tall. I was too skinny. I was too this, too that. And I was the reason I didn't like any of that is because I was comparing to myself to all the girls that were the direct opposite of me. Mm-hmm. Direct opposite. Opposite. And- it, for me, it was this way. Let me know if it was like this for you as well. But I, I didn't know me. And so I no. kept reaching outside for, well, you know, I was looking at other people and trying to put a puzzle together. And and in a lot of ways, that was actually really helpful because I learned different behaviors as I watched other people. And I thought, okay, I don't want to do that when I grow up, but I like the way they do this. So I want to do that when I grow up. So the behaviors I, themselves were beneficial as I kind of watched from an outside perspective, but I didn't know who I was. And it took me really intentionally learning. And, and, and like you had in the book where you've got those spaces where you can dig deep and learn who you are, that is what it took for me to actually start to like myself. Because before that, I didn't even know who I was. How was I going to like me? Oh yeah. And I, and that's part of what I was doing when I was competing. I was trying to, and that was one of the things that competing did for me is because, especially in these personal interviews, they were asking me questions that I'd never been asked before about Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. And I was having to do this deep dive into myself. And I can tell you right now, ladies, uh, or anyone that's listening to us right now, this journey into inner space and knowing who you are, if you're growing and changing, is never going to end. As the great philosopher Jim Rohn said, you know, this is a class you are never going to graduate from. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn, continue to keep learning yourself as you grow and you have to be on that journey. And that's why, and Tanya, I don't know if you are, but I, I learned that journaling was my path into my inner space, place where I could really explore who I was 
and all of that type thing. Because if mm-hmm. I had known who I was when I went to college, not one second would I have majored in physical education. <laughs> I really thought I had to get a teaching degree to stay in Mississippi because I didn't think it was possibility to ever leave there. When since I was a child, I was dreaming about being on television or being in a soap opera or being on the stage or I had all those dreams, mm-hmm. but I would never even voice them mm-hmm. because of where of, of, of where I grew up because I didn't think it was possible. Mm-hmm. So I I've really have turned to journaling through the years and it has been a lifesaver for me. Mm-hmm. Honestly. It's done the same for me. And I think being able to go I think the thing I love the most about journaling is I keep them. So they're they're all here. And there have been times when I have gone back into yes. you know, a year ago and yes. and that is my before and after picture. And yes. good aunt no, that is good, girl. Yeah. That is good. And it's it, it's so encouraging to say, you know, you can't necessarily see it outward, but you can see it in the words. You can you know, I remember when I wrote those, the emotional state I was in and the situation I was in and to be able to look back at that and go, look how far I've come. There is so much to be said for that. And you can't get it if you rip them up and throw them away or, you know, there's just something about pen to paper that is magic. Absolutely. Although I've given my niece who works at my office strict orders, if something happens to me, she better get over here quickly. <laughs> yes. I don't want, th- those can be burned, but I want to keep them until, until that time. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but when you share that concept and that principle of journaling with other people, I believe I get the biggest pushback on that one exercise that I give people, you know, they're fine with trying to change their attitude or read 10 pages of a good book a day is another one of my, for the hope doctor prescription for, you know, a better self-esteem, read 10 pages of a good book a day, you know, change your language, change your input, watch who you're hanging out with, watch how much news you're looking at. Mm -hmm. But when I give this and everybody's like all on board, all on board. And then I go, and then I want you to journal every single day. And they go, "Mm, no, can't do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nope, can't do that. You know, I know for me, probably the biggest uh, shift in going from not journaling to journaling was safety. For me, absolutely. absolutely. Because there's a lot of potential judgment in those journals. And especially if you write honestly. And I learned, so after I, I got divorced and- it was interesting because I still have that journal that I had written in probably, I don't think I had written like the last six months that I was married because it was chaos. But I went back and I looked at that journal and I had only written the positive things. And I remember at that time, I didn't dare write anything negative for fear of, and part of it was fear of it being found. But part of it was, if I voice it, it's real. Exactly. And I, if I voice it, Real. Mm-hmm. And I think so you that had, you had a starter husband too. I, I what? You had a starter husband I too. Did. <laughs> it was a 14 year starter. It took me I, had a, I had a 15 year starter. Yes. See, that's our positive way to say yes. to say X. It's just a starter. Yes, it was we my, learned through that. Right. My learning stage. But I do, I think that that's, that's a fear. And I think. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To put and, those and, you know, dreams the, on um, paper. Mm-hmm. Did you, have you ever read, and, and because I'm a big book reader, I'm looking here at my office, I've got hundreds and hundreds in my, in my shelves here, but the book that turned it around for me with the journaling was a book called The Artist Way by Julia Cameron. I'm going to, I am going to push everybody out there. If you've never gotten that book and you have any creative aspirations, this is the book for you. I started reading it, I believe, in 1996, and every time I read a book, I go back and read it again, and I highlight in a different color, not that the book has changed, but I've changed. Mm -hmm. So I read things differently when you've changed than when you read it the first time. So there's another little tip for you guys. If there's a book that's really spoken to you and you haven't picked it up in a while, go back and read it again and see what speaks to you differently. But The Artist Way by Julia Cameron talks about morning pages. And what she instructs people to do 
and this is how it really started for me, was just get up and write like, I think it's six pages. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's really not just six pages of longhand, not on a computer because writing clarifies thought writing, like physical writing. They've proven that scientifically. And then she instructs you not to read them for a while. Just use it as your mind dump. Because I think what happens for us is we get in this negativity bias and there's so much going on that we need to get it outside of us. It's like you got to take the trash out mentally. Mm-hmm. And once you get it down on paper and you you begin to kind of cleanse your soul of it, then it gives you space mm-hmm. to put new things in there. But especially when it's hard stuff and like you and I have been through with these with with first marriages, with hard stuff, you've got to get that outside of you so you can fuel your soul with something positive and powerful that's going to guide you forward. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that, you know, we're, we're kind of raised or maybe it's a personal belief that we need to be kind and caring all the time, but there is some legit pent up hostility and aggression for a lot of us. And that is what gets it out is that's the journaling. I always do that. I do that. If I am having a really frustrating situation that I know that I need to work through, or I'm thinking about sharing it with whoever has frustrated me, I put it down there on paper first to get it out instead of just going to that person. And it's not my personality anyway, but, and going and just laying it all out there. I kind of, I talk it out to myself on paper and look at it and and ask myself, what are you really feeling right now? Mm-hmm. So I can continually to do that deeper dive instead of just saying, you really hurt my feelings. Then I can, I can legitimately say, this is what happened and this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. Not, not accusatory because if it's your feeling, if someone did something or said something, you can say, this made me feel, they can't come back on you and say that feeling is wrong. Right. Your feelings are your feelings. Mm-hmm. And journaling, I think, gives you that opportunity to work through that. So mm-hmm. you're exactly right. And the awareness of the lesson you need to learn, because I I think sometimes people will say things and it's a trigger. And yes, yes maybe they legitimately were rude. But at the same time, there can be something there goes back to taking responsibility to say, what is it about that that's triggering me? And and once you can get clear about that, it can completely change the way you go about the conversation. Well, and it's exactly what we have been talking about. It's paying attention. So if you're brave enough to start this journaling, you ask those questions on paper and then you let your mind listen. Mm-hmm. And I, and you know, for me, and I don't know if it's the same for you, but it's almost like my pen starts moving and I'm not even sure where it's going. It's like these answers are coming through me. I'm not having to think them. And I go back sometimes and read some of them and go, wow, that's exactly what I need to do. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I need to do. But you have to trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you get those lessons or you get that information. Um, This goes back to a statement that you said a few minutes ago when you were talking about you and Cindy and you said, I was still scared. And Mm -hmm. I think we have an unrealistic expectation that we make these changes, we take action and it's not scary. And I think it's okay to feel scared and move through each phase. Right. Because I think anything that we've never done before there's some uh, semblance of fear and the automatic response to fear is to step away. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not going to get over my fear of snakes. I got no, no, no need for that. So <laughs> I'll just tell you right now, my son used to try to get me to go to the petting and say, mom, you need to face your fear. I said, no, sir, Nick Thomas, I am not. You go right ahead, but your mama's not facing that fear. Mm-hmm. But other fears, our automatic response is to step away. And because it's uncomfortable, but the only way out is through the Mm -hmm. only way out is through. And so when fear tells you to step back, you just need to pause and then you need to step forward into that and realize that usually most of the things we actually fear never come to pass anyway. Mm -hmm. And those that we make those monsters much bigger in our heads sometimes than they really are. I know that I have. Mm -hmm. And I think 
once you kind of get in that practice of stepping through, you can create those little mantras. And, you know, one of my friends says, F it, let's go. And Mm -hmm. I love that mentality because she's, she might be terrified, but in that split second, she shifts her language and she's full speed ahead. Right. Have you heard this new Pitbull song? If you're a Pitbull fan or not, I am. (laughs) I'm a Pitbull fan. Let's just get on with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that we will win. And he says, you know, fear can mean to everything. Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like a pit bull quote, but people, I grew up in Mississippi. That's a Zig Ziglar quote. <laughs> and I'm just telling you, get yourself, see you at the top from a hundred years ago. You will find that quote. That is a Zig Ziglar quote. Pitt's doing it fine and celebrating it. But every time we're fearful, what we can do is forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. I just I love that because, you know, you and I both writing the books, releasing the books, now me with the technology, I am going to be uncomfortable. I am going to be outside my comfort zone, but you got to just step into it, not away from it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's perfect for the time that we're in right now is there's nothing that's certain, um, you know, but you just one day at a time, you step into it, you move forward, you, and I think even if you don't feel it yet, the ability to say, I have, I have faith that I can figure it out. Right. Motion creates emotion. Mm -hmm. And once I started really get a hold of that, just think about it when, when somebody, when you get up and it's like, oh gosh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. You know, you're going to feel tired all day. But, you know, during this pandemic, one of the things I'd do is I'd get up and get dressed just to go to the post office box mm-hmm. because it made me feel better, the motion of doing that. So during the fear, you've got to put yourself into some motion. And like you said, the emotion will follow that motion most of the time. Mm-hmm. Now, Dale, you were talking a little bit about um, during the Artist's Way book, you mentioned morning pages. Do you have a daily routine or anything that keeps you inspired and motivated? Oh, thank you for asking because, yes, I do. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, it's been really different during the pandemic, and I wondered in the beginning of this how it was going to affect me, but I have basically just kept my same schedule, and I am up every day at 5 a.m., My coffee is on auto. It is brewing at 5 a.m. And I am up at 5 a.m. turning to the quiet. So I have what I call an hour of power, which now with the pandemic has turned into two hours of power. And so I spend 30 minutes reading. I spend 30 minutes, sometimes longer, journaling. I uh, spend another 30 minutes like or 20 minutes doing meditations. Oprah and Deepak Chopra had a, a free meditation for 21 days that were 10 minutes or 20 minutes each. That was powerful. I like the guided meditations. And so every single day, that's how I start. And then I go um, do some form of exercise. But I, in order to continue being able to give and to share information that I feel is valuable, I have to continue to feed my soul. So I consider that my soul food early in the morning. And so I think, like I said earlier, negativity is normal. You don't have to search for negativity. You flip on the television, you pick up, you know, something on a newsstand or a lot of times on social media, it's easy to find the negative information. We have to search for the positive and create it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do in, in my hour of power. Do you think that starting your day that way, because I know there's a lot of people that say I'm not a morning person, but I also think there's a lot of power in beginning your day on the right foot. Do oh, you feel I, that I, way? Oh, 1000%. I would push back on anybody that says otherwise. I think there's so much negativity coming at you. It's like putting gas in your car. You've got to fuel up for the rest of the day. So if you've read something positive or listened to a podcast that's empowering like yours or listen to, you know, there's these 10 minute motivational YouTube clips. If you've listened to something that has built your soul and built your spirit, 
when the negativity comes, you're more you're ready, you're more ready for it. But if you're already digging out from the bottom, it's only going to get worse as the day goes on. So I 100%, thousand percent believe that a morning routine, even if you say you don't have time, I'm not asking you to add something to your routine. I'm asking you to switch something out. Mm -hmm. Give up 30 minutes of TV at night, go to bed 30 minutes earlier, get up 30 minutes earlier. Stop scrolling mm-hmm. for 15 minutes mm-hmm. because and everybody, you know, in this day and age, everybody knows what that means. Stop scrolling all the social media for 15 minutes mm-hmm. and, and give yourself something powerful. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not asking people to add. I'm just asking them to substitute mm-hmm. something powerful. And I think those, again, it's the little things, those little subtle shifts. I know one it was probably about five years ago I started listening to instead of music while I was getting ready for the day doing my yep. hair in the shower all that stuff instead of music I switched to audiobooks and podcasts and it was exactly. always personal development motivational something that was either educating me or uplifting me and right. I mean I'm still a crime junkie podcast person but that That's can okay. come right so I I have that at a different time my mornings it's it's non-negotiable while i'm getting ready for the day i got to hear the good stuff and i'm so happy and you know i think there's a posse of us there's a tribe of us <laughs> that believe like that and what i think about is i read this quote one time and I, when you said um about the little things it's little hinges that swing big doors mm-hmm. It's those little tiny daily habits repeated over time. It's called that slight edge. There's a, a man named Jeff Olson that wrote a book called The Slight Edge. And what he talks about is that if you ate a pack, you know, you ate 10 Oreos today, your body's not going to be damaged tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But if you eat 10 Oreos every day for the next 10, it's going to make a difference. Right. You're reading your 15 minutes or doing your 30 minutes of a personal growth and development today is not make you bulletproof tomorrow. But if you do 30 minutes, just think about that. If you just exchange 30 minutes a day for personal growth and development in some way over the slight edge of a period of time, can you imagine what difference that would make? Mm -hmm. It changes your life. It changed my life. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to you now because of these life principles. I love that. And and I think the thing that is the most important is yes, it changed your life and I believe the same thing for me. All these little small shifts changed mine, but we're not that special. It can change anybody's life. It can life. change everyone's no girl. I, I, it can change anybody's life. And it's just getting dedicated to it. And you know, these are simple things. They are simple ideas, but they're not easy to practice. Mm-hmm. They are not easy. And and the thing is they're easy, they're easier not to do. It's easier to make that excuse or hit that alarm and and sleep 15 more minutes. That's easier. These mm-hmm. are not easy, but they're life changing if you will just commit to it. Yes. And you will start to see the way your energy changes, the way your language changes, the way people uh, are around you. And you also will start to notice how you recognize the negative energy immediately when mm-hmm. it's coming at you. Yes. And how to repel it. How to repel it. Yeah. It's your, it's, it's that negative energy repellent and Mm -hmm. there are energy vampires out there. (laughs) And so you've got to, you've got to be prepared for that and you've got to prepare your soul and the mindset what's going on between your ears is going on between your ears before it goes on between your hours. And we've got to be very conscious of what we're feeding our souls and and then what is coming out of our mouths because it changes everything. Mm-hmm. I love that. So Dale, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would want the listeners to know? I just want you all to know that if you're listening to us today and to right now, you were supposed to be. I believe that you are here because you were sent here. And it was not just so you could hear 
uh, me and Tanya, but it was you were supposed to hear this message. There is something here for you. There is a dream inside of you. There is some hope inside of you. And there is something that you are supposed to do. And we are not the message. And Tanya and I are very aligned with this message. We're not the message. We are simply the messenger. And so I am going to urge you, beg you, just I'm reaching my hands out to the, to, the, to the universe, to you right now, and just saying that even though we don't know you, we believe in you and we speak life to you. And if you need us and if you need us to speak encouragement to you, find us. You can find us through social media. You can find us through email. Be a part of this Hope Dealer Good Morning Gorgeous Tribe of our beautiful hot mess. And let's go out and continue to inspire each other. And let's make a difference in this world because the only way that we can, can battle darkness of any kind is to turn on more light. So we are handing you the torch and we're asking you just to go turn on more light. Ah, oh, you are speaking my language. I'm seriously like, my hands are in the air. I'm like, yes. I do. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I am so grateful that you said that. It's perfect. Um, so Dale, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Oh, sure. And I offer a free Motivational Monday, which is a free newsletter um, almost every Monday uh, when I'm in a stationary place to write. It's a free newsletter. You can just text the word motivational to this number, 66866. That's all you have to do, motivational to that. Or you can reach me. Please follow me on Instagram, The Hope Doctors, all of them. Uh, I'm posting motivational stuff every day. Just Dale Smith Thomas. That's my website. That's my Facebook fan page. That's my Twitter page. That's my Instagram page. All Dale Smith Thomas, all three names. And then I have The Hope Doctors with an S also on Instagram, but you can also find that through the other pages. And Tanya, a big virtual hug to you. My belief is that someday our paths will cross. Either you'll come to Nashville. I'll come speak in Utah. We are going to see each other (laughs) face to face somewhere in, in, in this life. You know, that's exactly what I thought as we were visiting before we started recording. I was like, I'm going to have to go to Nashville and we have to meet sometime. (laughs) Yes. We may end up doing a women's conference. You just never oh, know. We just should. We should just plan it. That would be amazing. We should just plan it. We, <laughs> we have to put that out there. So we're going to be held accountable that we're going to do a women's conference. Yes. Make sure we're you get on our, get yes, on our newsletters. Good morning, gorgeous women's It is. Well, make sure you get on our newsletters so you can hear more about this conference when we get it planned. Absolutely. (laughs) 2021, here we come. Awesome. Well, thank you. And I will have links in the show notes to all of what Dale referenced about how you can find her, how you can get on her uh, Motivational Monday newsletter and be able to track her down when you're ready, as well as how to find me. So make sure you check out the show notes and visit us at our social media so you can keep in in touch. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dale, for this. This was awesome. I just love you already, and I can't wait to see you. Congratulations, (laughs) my friend. Thank you. I hope you loved this interview as much as I did. Dale Smith Thomas and I just really hit it off. I truly enjoyed getting to visit with her, and I'm really excited about the message that she had for you. I really hope this served you. I know it did. To the core, I know it did. So do me a favor. If you want to find us, go to my website, theheartofconfidence.com forward slash Dale Smith Thomas, and you'll be able to see all the links that we talked about to be able to find her, to be able to find me and learn more about this crazy adventure that we're on and what we may have in store for you in 2021. So thank you for being here. Don't forget to like and subscribe and we'll see you next week.